Motown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Joined as we are every Tuesday by our guy, Chris Biederman of the Candlestick Chronicles in the Sacramento Bee. Chris, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us, my guy. Happy New Year. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. And if you are a Kings and Niners fan, you're doing pretty good as well. So you're sitting there. You you were in in Memphis, right, for the road trip. You were in Atlanta as well. So you're hanging yep. out. I don't know if you're in your hotel room, whatever it is. And the news drops that Chris Duarte will be inserted <laughs> into the starting lineup. What were your initial thoughts? <laughs> Um, well, it was funny. So I was in the locker room pregame and uh, Mike Brown a few minutes earlier had hinted that there might be changes to the starting lineup specifically regarding Kevin Herter. And Chris Duarte just has a basketball and is like dribbling around like, you know, you do the thing when you're like in seventh grade and you're right. dribbling around and you're doing layups off yeah. the wall and like everyone's kind of everyone's kind of clowning them and you know at that point it was pretty clear that Duarte was going to be the starter mm-hmm. um and you know he was just kind of bouncing off the walls so it was it was funny to see but I, I think it makes some sense right like whether it's Kevin Herter's finger injury or um just his overall lack of offensive production I, I think the Kings needed something and I think it made sense in particular against Memphis because Chris Duarte does give you a better option in terms of defending John Morant, right? And he ended up doing a pretty good job when he was on him. So I think perimeter defense, um, it makes some sense. It allows you to, um, you know, have Duarte defend point guards, take a little bit of the onus off of De'Aaron Fox and and Keegan Murray. Um, And while Duarte doesn't really provide a a whole lot offensively, I think he's shooting just north of 30% from three right now. He does offer an upgrade defensively, and they have enough scoring punch elsewhere that that it makes sense. So, um, I, I I'm assuming based on the way that that Sunday night's game went in Memphis that that it's going to be something Mike Brown sticks with for the time being, and maybe it's something that kickstarts Kevin Herter and gets him back going. But um, you know, I think that's certainly a spot to watch going forward, given that you know whether it's Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes. Um, the Kings need more production from those guys, and and maybe this is the first indication that more changes are coming. Mm. Chris, we just played in the uh, last segment, you asking Malik about just kind of what changed uh, between the the Portland game and then uh, Atlanta at halftime, and Malik gave an answer um, kind of hinting at, at um, a little bit more of a players-led halftime session. I, I don't know if we'd go as mm-hmm. far as calling it a players-only meeting or anything as serious as that, but just kind of what was your read on what happened at halftime in that Atlanta game? And, and do you actually feel like there there was something there that happened and then you see them just kind of take the reins against Memphis? Do you, do you think that that was maybe a, a moment for this team? Yeah, maybe. You know, it, it seems like Mike Brown sort of downplayed, like, oh, it was one of 82. We, right. didn't, we didn't want to overreact. But, like, De'Aaron Fox after the game said, you know, in Atlanta, they really needed that win. That was like they, they, they needed that comeback to – um, to avoid that road trip, you know, potentially going south. You don't want to get blown out on the road. And they were down 31, I think, what, 31-8 early in the first quarter in Atlanta. And and what Malik said that, that was interesting to me when, when talking about the defense that they play, you know, he, he said it was just laziness. Like, when they're not playing good defense, it's it's just laziness, which is kind of confounding because – 
you know, this is a team that has to be better defensively if mm -hmm. it wants to accomplish its goals in the playoffs. And we've seen them play relatively good defense against the Warriors in, in the playoffs last year. So it's it's really just an effort thing. And and one of the questions I would have, you know, I, I, Mike Brown, obviously a, a good coach and, and knows what he's doing, but the Kings practice a lot and they practice pretty hard. And when you when you talk about them maybe lacking energy or lacking physicality on the defensive end, I wonder how much is you can just trace back to their energy levels in terms of how much they practice. And I also think that might play into their their performances on back to backs, obviously. Right. Like not to say that they don't need the practice, um, but that, you know, I think there, there might be something to the point where, you know, maybe you ease up off the gas pedal a little bit now that the team is a little bit more familiar with Mike Brown's system in terms of the practice time. And, you know, this is this is a team that like when they when they go on road trips, they get off the plane and a lot of times they go immediately to the gym and practice. It's not like get off the plane, go to the hotel. Um, it's it's like get off the plane and then go get a run in, go get some shots in and prepare for the game the next day that way. Um, so, you know, that can be it can be a good way to, to acclimate your body. I'm sure that's what the Kings would argue. Um, but it can also be, you know, potentially a reason why this team might be lethargic at times or might lack energy defensively when, when they really need it. So, you know, I'm, I don't know that, you know, I think Mike Brown's old school that way and, and he wants his team to practice and, and far be it for me to, to question Mike Brown's methods. But given that the team talks about, you know, a lack of energy on the defensive end and the performances have been what they have been on the back end of back to backs, I think it's fair to ask the question. Yeah. Chris, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. I'm not sure how much, they practice compared to or or the numbers of how much each team practices and they are a younger team but we're still fairly early in this season so if you're tired now you're not going to get any less <laughs> tired as we go throughout the season talking to Chris Biederman Candlestick Chronicles and the Sacramento Bee Chris a name that was linked to the Sacramento Kings finally got moved from Toronto to the big apple OG Ananobi what were your thoughts on what the Knicks had to give up and how this affects the Kings in the trade market. Well, giving up Barrett and quickly for, for the Kings made me think that Usai Majiri, the, um, the, the Raptors general manager mm -hmm. probably would have asked for Keegan Murray and Malik Monk, mm. right? Like that, that's sort of just what it, it felt like what, what the equivalent offer would be if, if the Kings were to make it. Um, and that's pretty steep, right? Like yeah. Keegan Murray is a, a centerpiece here. It's been reported and, and, um, that, you know, Keegan's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to be part of any trade discussions. The Kings really value him and you do have him um, salary controlled for the next couple of years. Um, and it's not, you know, Ke they view Keegan as a potential all-star type guy and they, and they really like the, the improvement he showed on the defensive side. Um, and Malik Monk is, I think you could make a case a lot of nights Malik Monk is their second or third best player defending, depending on, you know, how Demonis Sabonis is playing defensively. Um, so, you know, I think, it was a steep price. And that sort of that sort of exemplifies, I think, the conundrum facing the Kings at the trade deadline is how much are they willing to give up for an upgrade? Because if you're another team and you have somebody, say Toronto is looking at Pascal Siakam in a potential Kings trade, Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know that that does a whole lot for them. Like the Kings, maybe outside of a bunch of draft picks on the roster, I don't know that the Kings have too many super enticing assets maybe aside from Keegan and and potentially Malik Monk and and I don't think the Kings have much of an appetite to deal either of those guys so in terms of the Kings looking at a major upgrade I don't know that it's going to come because the the Kings seem pretty intent on on keeping the the guys that they have 
Um, and maybe they do deal picks. Maybe it's something more like Alex Caruso, um, somebody who could be had a little bit cheaper and provide a little bit more um, perimeter defense and, and you know, still add some outside shooting and, and maybe do similar to what Chris Duarte did on Sunday, but maybe somebody a little bit more um, with a little bit better size and a little bit more consistent. Um, I think that would be an interesting name. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, the, the Kings have been sort of moving around their their backup point guard spot between Davion Mitchell and and uh, Keon Ellis. You, you wonder if maybe like a veteran like like Brogdon would make sense, something like that. I don't know. Just some names come to mind. But in terms of what Toronto got for OG and Anobi, um, it makes me think that the price was probably too steep for the Kings. And uh, and I think I think the logic tracks there. But, you know, I think that there are plenty of there, there are ways the, the Kings roster can improve, um, but particularly defensively and with size on the perimeter. But I just don't know that the Kings have the assets or have the appetite to move the assets that it would take to get one of those guys. Interesting. Yeah. Talking with uh, Chris Biederman, Candlestick Chronicle, moving on to the uh, 49ers now who clinched the uh, one seed in the NFC. Uh, and I'm going to ask about every other team except for the Niners, actually. Um, with, you know, I mean, clearly it's, it, they, they look like just a different tier, uh, from the rest of the NFC. You have the Cowboys and the lions pretty much playing to a stalemate. Uh, and then you have the Eagles slipping completely. I mean, what's, what's your view on the non Niners teams in the NFC? Is there a team that sticks out to you more than the others, or does it just kind of feel like all three of those teams and maybe even a, another team that you couldn't in, include in there are all just kind of, you know, in that second tier, but not really even sniffing the first one. You know, I, I think the team, like, I, I don't think the 49ers would lack confidence against the Eagles or Cowboys right. based on um, how those games went this season. I know the 49ers do not lack confidence when it would come to, <clears throat> excuse me, potentially hosting Jared Goff, right? right? Given, <laughs> given how well they played against Jared Goff when, when he was a member of the Rams. But speaking of the Rams, like Matthew Stafford can pose the 49ers some issues and yeah. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup um, can be tough covers. And, and the 49ers are now dealing with injuries to, to Ambry Thomas and, and Jair Brown. Their secondary is backed up. Obviously, they're, they're um, nicked up, I should say. Their safety position as a whole is, is banged up. Right. So um, I would say in terms of like a team that might be able to upset the 49ers, I would say I would put Matt Stafford up there mm. and, and the Rams against anybody, um, which adds a little bit more intrigue to, to this week's game. I know, you know, there aren't any implications for the 49ers and, and they're certainly going to rest a lot of their guys. How many I think remains to be seen. I think Kyle Shanahan in his, in his conference call with reporters yesterday was a little bit hesitant to just say we're going to rest all of our key guys because you know, it's not the preseason. You don't have a 90-man roster. You only have 53 guys to, to choose from and, and a limited number of guys that you can add from the practice squad. So um, it, that'll be interesting to see. But that aside, like, I think Matt Stafford and the Rams can can potentially pose the 49ers some issues in the playoffs just because of how much they can score and how much, you know, Sean McVay is familiar with Kyle Shanahan. And we've seen, obviously, the, the Rams beat the 49ers in the playoffs a couple of years ago in the NFC title game. So not to say the 49ers wouldn't be heavy favorites. I'm, I would absolutely expect the 49ers to, to get to the Super Bowl, knock on wood as, as long as everybody stays healthy, of course. Um, but if there were a team that, that I might, you know, the, the Eagles defense just isn't there for me. Um, I think the Niners feel like they have the Cowboys numbers and rightfully so given the way the last few years have gone. 
Um, the Lions certainly not. And and I think you know when if you if it had to come down to an NFC team maybe under the radar in terms of upset potential with the Niners, I think it's I think it's the Rams. Chris Biederman, Candlestick Chronicles in the Sacramento Bee. Thank you, Chris, for this first appearance of 2024. We will talk to you soon, and thanks for keeping us up to date on the Kings and Niners. I appreciate you guys. Happy New Year. All right, same to you. Got to get to a break. When we get back, is the biggest threat to the Niners in the AFC? Debo also had some things to say, and he says that the starters will play. We'll see what Kyle Shanahan has to say about that. And more Kings talk OG to the Knicks. Are you surprised? Are you sad? Let us know. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking up to 2 p.m. Thank you again to Chris Biederman with the Candlestick Chronicles and the Sacramento Bee talking Kings and Niners. Man, I'm kind of shook off that practice thing that Chris yeah. was talking about. No, I mean... Did you it, already know that? Yeah, it was a big talking point last year um, just in terms of how much they practiced. It made a little bit more sense last year because it was like Mike Brown's first year, everybody's kind of first year, and it makes sense to you know, try and get them as much on the floor experience yeah. as possible. But I, I hadn't heard uh, it talked about as much this year. Um, you know, I would say, you know, I, if I had to compare this to last year, it seems like at least in terms of the home practices, there's been a, a few less. Last year it felt right. like there were portions of time where Frankie and all of us, all the the Kings media were just living at mm-hmm. the arena pretty much every day. But um it's definitely an interesting point for sure. I mean, especially when it comes to, yeah, Malik talking about them being lazy and fatigue. We talked last week about maybe fatigue being an issue. They run yeah. offensively more than just about any other team in the NBA. So it, it's a it's definitely interesting. I mean, you always point out they're a young-ish team. They definitely have yeah. youth on their side, but, you know, everybody gets tired. Even, everybody even, gets even tired. Even a 24-year-old, you know, yeah. peak athlete will, will even De'Aaron Fox will get tired on occasion. Well, and that's what I'm thinking because of these blowouts. Yeah. Now I'm going full tinfoil hat right. and just thinking. If you're tired and then things start going bad, right. you gonna, are you going to push to that extra gear? I got a game in two days. Yeah. I got to get on this plane. You and you got what? practice before that. Yeah, no, y'all got it. Y'all, y'all got yeah. this one. So something to keep an eye on for sure. And as far as the... Niners piece to this when we were talking with Chris Biederman of the Candlestick Chronicles in the Sacramento Bee. Yeah, what an what an interesting season for the Niners because this now we're just waiting. Yeah. Now we're just yep. waiting and we're just waiting to see if the Niners are going to get it done. Yeah, well and it That's sucks too it. in terms of like the entertainment factor where I mean, Biederman pretty much said it there like I asked him, "Hey, like Besides the Niners, is there any team that, you know, is is on the up, you know, yeah. playing their best ball right now? And he's not wrong in saying probably the, the team that's hottest and does present the Niners with, you know, strategically the, the biggest disadvantages, if there are any, is probably the Rams. And the yeah. Rams have kind of found their way back into into playoff contention and you know what that it's not even a guarantee that the Rams will make it to a round where the Niners are even going to be mm-hmm. playing. So 
um, it's it's very telling that and and also a part of the story that there's just there's nobody else. There's there's no. it's the Niners and it's everybody else. And yeah. you, you can't it doesn't do you good to say, oh, you know, I've watched all the Cowboys games this year. And let me because we we've seen we've seen the head to heads. Mm-hmm. We've seen the teams that they beat play the teams that they beat, and it's just everything comes up Niners. And so it's it's a little bit uh it's a little bit boring, but I'm glad that at least it gets boring in week 18. Right. <laughs> and let's not forget earlier on in the season the Rams didn't have Cooper Cup and they still right. played the Niners tough. Yeah, that was so not an easy game. It will be now again depending on where the chips all fall. Right. Yeah, the Rams would have to win at least one game most likely on the yeah. road to even get to the Niners, probably two to get to so, get yeah. to the Niners. So that'll That'll be kind of fun to see how it plays out. Let's hear from Debo, who was on his hit with Kay Adams on Up and Adams, saying that the the starters are going to play. Are you a believer? Are you somebody who wants the rest and, and, and like, you're for that? Or do you want to keep the flow going? Um, you know, we, you definitely want to keep the flow going, but you also want to give your body a rest. So I feel like we'll play um, this game for a good bit just to keep the groove going and not – you know what I'm saying? Take too much time off. I feel like we're going to be going this week, like, as in practicing hard and continue to do the things that we do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we just got to keep building. And, you know, uh, we haven't played our best ball yet. So um, we just got to continue to get better and better each day. So you're going to play? Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love, I mean, because there's, there's decisions to make and all that. Is it kind of a negotiation? Like, are you going to have, like, or is it, well, Coach says what happens and you guys are like, it okay. Ain't no, it ain't no negotiation. <laughs> I mean, once Coach say one thing, it's all, you know, all hands on deck. There you go. Interesting. Debo Weather. Debo Weather <laughs> We're is coming. There. Yes, we are finally there. <laughs> and Emil Fergoso, our Sacktown Sports Niners insider, told us about Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and and his availability and spoke as well and said that I guess the feeling is that this is going to come off like a preseason type deal. They'll I think play. that's a really bad idea. You think it's a bad idea? I think that's a really bad. Two idea. weeks off is a long time. Football brother. is also not basketball though, where like you can't you can go out play basketball, play lazy, play fifty percent, and you know whatever your team's not going to do well, but like you can go well, out there and get a run. Football, you go out there and you try and give seventy five percent effort, you. You're going to get hurt. Right. You have to give 100%, yeah. but one quarter, get on out of there. What about all I've these college guys happen. in the bowl games who just took a month off? Like, that's the yeah. argument someone made to me when I was talking about Because I'm, sure. I'm very cautious. I'm cautious. The 15-1 Packers, whenever that was, early 2010s, mid-2010s, lost divisional round after taking mm. essentially three weeks off, right? Yeah. But then you look at teams like Georgia that took a month off. I know it's college, it's different, but I, that's kind of the comparison that was made that kind of opened my eyes. I think to me the big thing there is more just like experience and knowing – like it's on the team to know how to prepare for that week. Like mm-hmm. I think some teams just lose focus. Like I, I think that there a lot of times when you see teams get first-round buys and then you know show up rusty or something mm-hmm. for that week that they do play, to me that shows that they just didn't give that week – uh, the necessary attention that they that they should have, and you know, I think for college, you, you the programs you listed. I mean, Georgia, they're gonna be ready. They're in the the championship all the time. They know what how those those four weeks should be spent. Alabama, you're never gonna see Alabama come out flat for a big game like that. And I think it, it, the same could probably be said about the Niners. I don't think, and you can kind of hear it in Debo Samuel there. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to let these fools take a week off, even if they play in the game or not. Like, I think they're still going to be drilled and they're still going to practice like Mm -hmm. they're playing. It's just they might not suit up on Sunday. Well, I think the 
conversation is how much of it actually matters, right? So let's say they do this thing like a preseason situation and they all play the first quarter. Yeah. Is that really going to keep them more more ready to go as if they didn't no. play that one quarter and then you you still have that game off? Is it about the preparation and just the idea that you are starting, you go out, you have a good a good drive, you yeah. score? I, I don't know. And how much of this, since everybody wanted to do this against the Ravens, hiding a playbook, well, maybe we don't want to show our playbook to the right. Rams because we might have to face the Rams. Totally. Yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, yeah, if there's any possibility that you could face the Rams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's, again, another reason why it's like, why am I going to play my guys out there? Why not give, again, give Sam Darnold some run? He didn't make a pass the other day. Give Elijah Mitchell some run. Maybe give J.P. Mason some run, too. Like, give give guys who haven't gotten a lot of time, but – as we've seen specifically with this Niners team, you never know who you're going to you need know. in the postseason. And it's a lot better for these guys to get at least some game reps in before the playoffs where, yeah, I mean, it'd be a whole lot worse if I said this the other day, if Sam Darnold's first reps of the season are coming in the second round to to make it to the NFC championship game. I mean, it might not make the, a world of difference, but again, it would be nice if that's not his first, very first game action of the season. Yeah, well, hopefully either way, you just don't have to see no. him. But in a situation like this where there's truly nothing to play yeah. for, I think there's certain spots. Brock and those stingers, right? I know he yeah, played well this right. past weekend, but I think Brock would be a no-go for me. I'm trying to get I think Sam Christian Darnold McCaffrey is a that, no-go yeah. for me. Yeah. And past that, I don't know. I mean, Kittle maybe you, you give them a little something. But these guys, these are hard-earned miles, yeah. man. I mean, Debo, it sounds like Debo is saying that they already spoke about it, so this might already be a moot like, point. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, what is the difference between playing for a, a quarter? Yeah. And where is that line? Is it halftime? I don't know. To your I don't point, know. too, I think you played hard all season to earn an opportunity like this. Yeah. I would take advantage. I would just straight take advantage of it. And if you lose that playoff game, you can blame a million other things, but I would not blame the fact that the guys didn't play for two weeks or, yeah, I didn't play them a quarter a week and a half ago, and that's why they're right. rusty. Like, I, I think that that's – that. I just think that you do – the risk-reward is not mm. there here. And uh, I, I just – I would bench everyone and who – like – you know, I, I still think, remember Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn had a crazy week 18, and it got him uh, a huge contract, and you could trade him off. didn't play like, a game after that? He did not that. play a game after <laughs> that. I'm just matter. saying, like, yeah, you, you, you could, I'm just saying a lot of things can happen in week 18. Play Sam Darnold. Maybe you can convince somebody else there's that some there's something at- here, and, you know, you can – Stumble flip upon them. an unnecessary asset or an yeah. un- unexpected asset. Rip it, dude. You could, you could, you could flip them somewhere. Yeah. I mean, let's not Bur- forget. Purdy already lost the MVP. You know, he already lost the MVP. Tommy DeVito. I mean, a lot of these guys. Tyler Badgett. I mean, we saw some crazy, yeah. crazy starters pop up. You're telling me Sam Darnold just can't sure. garner some attention? Get a Maybe fourth, get fifth a, round pick. Yeah, you know a little, little flip that here. Just show something. I think flip you might want to hold in for. I, I don't know. I'm just scared of it. Might as well have the might as well be able to have the conversation and in the process yeah. not injure yeah. or or put your franchise QB out there to possibly be injured. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, OG Ananobi goes to the Knicks. What does this mean for the Sacramento Kings and who should they target in trade talks? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.
Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Light the beam! Light it! We are going to light the beam, hopefully tonight. And OG Ananobi will not be lighting no, the beam as he never. is not coming to Sacramento. He is in New York. He is with the New Yorkers now in the Big Apple. And the Raptors get back Emmanuel quickly. RJ mm. Barrett, who is from Canada, so that's a bit of a homecoming Love for that. him. You saw the news come through from Woj and everybody. And did you think it was a little bit steep for OG? Or did you think it made sense? Uh, yeah, first off, I mean, I woke up to the news. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was not awake when it happened. I think it broke at like nine mm-hmm. twenty our time or something like that. So I woke up, saw the the texts from from Brendan from Frankie. Like, oh my gosh, can't believe yeah. it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, I think Toronto gave up way. I'm sorry, I think the Knicks gave up way too much. I just don't see it. To me, I I didn't even think of it this way until he said it there, but. I think Biederman put it perfectly. If you're a Kings fan and you want to think of it from the Kings perspective, mm-hmm. yes, they did. The, the key is the Knicks didn't give up any picks. And I think that's why they had to give up so much when it comes in terms of player capital. But mm-hmm. you essentially, yeah, gave up Keegan Murray and Malik Monk. I mean, Emmanuel quickly is right there neck and neck with Malik Monk when it comes to being the sixth man of the year. I would actually probably give quickly the advantage there. Um, he's been insane this year. And then you have R.J. Barrett, who's a former number three pick. Hasn't disappointed. I guess you can say he has disappointed in terms of he hasn't really, you know, been up to that. He was it went Zion, Ja, and then R.J. Barrett. He's, right. He hasn't quite reached those levels, but he's he's a good NBA player. Someone who's, yeah, he's still super young, yeah. um, you know, putting up 17 to 20 points a game, I think, you know, when, when he's at his best. That's a lot. That's like giving up, again, like Biederman said, Keegan Murray pretty much and Malik Monk yeah, for OG. No that's just way too rich. And uh, even even for a Knicks team that was willing to make that level of sacrifice, I just don't know where it puts them. Yeah. And, and then there's the whole, you know, there's there was a whole conversation, you know, of, you know, do they have a guarantee from OG? Because if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to get this wrong, but I have the gist of it. OG and Anubi's agent is Sam Rose. Mm-hmm. Sam Rose is the son of Nick's GM, mm-hmm. Leon Rose, mm-hmm. who used to run CAA, which is right. the biggest athlete agency uh, there is. Is there some sort of, you know, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas right. conversation or New Year's conversation of, hey, you know, how if, if we can bring OG over here, can we get some assurances that uh, maybe he's going to be here long term? So I don't know. Right. I, don't know. I also of- read I read something as well that was basically like, the long-term deal might not be as pricey because he wanted to be in New York or something like that. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, and I, Which I don't even know right. how, if that's legal. I right. mean, there's so much information going out now. The bottom line is it seems like this isn't a deal that they would have made if they didn't feel fairly confident. And right. maybe they're just confident because New York and basketball is better. Oh, yeah. When the Knicks are good, fine, <laughs> whatever. I We've survived long – Plenty long with the Knicks not being good, and basketball has still been pretty good as maybe well. Maybe the best so, it's ever been. Maybe the best <laughs> it's ever been in terms of the talent. And when you look at the move that the Knicks made, and you brought up where that puts them in the East, yeah. well, first of all, I would say that the East is kind of a mess. I mean, if I, the the Bucks lost again to the Pacers, yeah, they cannot they yep. beat the Pacers. 
I know we've seen Giannis in MVP talks and even Damian Lillard in the MVP conversation in that next five, that top 15, the bottom five of the top 15, but something is wrong, right? And surprise, surprise, you give up Drew Holiday, and now their defense <laughs> yeah. is not what it once was no. because Damian Lillard has never defended, right? We we pick and choose these guys that we pay attention to how bad they are defensively. And sure, it's all about whether your plus or minus adds yes, up. And for, a, yeah. for a long time, that has been the case for Damian Lillard. I'm sure it it's still the same way. But Damian Lillard does not defend. No. He not does not play defense. So you have to figure that out. I think you bring in a Damian Lillard. So Chris Middleton, after you won a championship as the number two guy, now you're uh, – Three, two yeah. B, whatever it is. So they're trying to figure things out. You still, you're still running out Brooke Lopez, and he's trying to, I, I guess, still be a factor. He's chucking up threes. So the Bucks, kind of a mess, not a mess, but relatively speaking, it's the Celtics and everybody else. So yeah. maybe the Knicks felt like, hey, why not? I mean, if we're asking, there, there's two opposite ways to look at making trades. There's the West where there is no clear-cut team because of how good everybody is. And then there's the East, and there's, what, two teams and everybody yeah. else, and I maybe three if you're ready to believe in the Sixers, which I am not, but it's the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Bucks, right? So maybe you feel like the Knicks feel there is no reason that we can't beat out Orlando or whoever and be mm-hmm. a four seed, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's, it's for the most part, a wide open it kind of is uh yeah like you said it, it feels like it's the Celtics and then yeah if you want to put the I would I would kind of say similar to how I just described the NFC where it's mm-hmm. like the Niners and then you know teams that are good but doesn't yeah. feel like they're touching the Niners mm-hmm. level it's like the Celtics are clearly tier mm-hmm. A and then yeah it's like you know Bucks Sixers mm-hmm. Orlando at the start of the year mm-hmm. Miami's been been pretty hot I mean yeah. no pun intended um, and then Indiana as well. Like yeah. I, I think that it's got some talent, but if you're the Knicks and you are the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. and like you said, they're they're adamant about making this resurgence and back to prominence and all that stuff. You also said there's a lot of talk that this isn't the only move that the yeah. Knicks are looking to make. So I mean, you you could definitely say that the Knicks saw this and it was a it was a good player that they feel that they can re-sign defensive focus that's almost like a a perfect Tom Thibodeau player mm-hmm. he's a dude who's more than okay and yeah. used to playing 40 well, minutes in, yeah he ran into the ground running in, <laughs> into the ground and he's going to defend the entire time he's out there so i i think it it makes sense for the Knicks i think they were looking to do something different at that RJ Barrett spot but to me it does feel like there's still that one big move away from really doing something serious and i don't know if it's going to be like we're talking with the Kings where it's like a Caruso or Mm -hmm. you know a fringe move or if it is I've never been the biggest Julius Randle guy I would look to see what I can get for him and maybe shake up and and then you know to the uh, Becky Hammond thing that we talked Mm -hmm. about a couple weeks ago you put the ball in Jalen in Jalen Brunson's hands a little more and see all right this dude clearly is is a is a different level of talent than what at least I thought he was going to be what's it look like when this guy's the the number one I, I think the Knicks might have something yeah it's just a lot they gave up. It's a lot yeah. they gave up. You know what I'm thinking in my in my head right now? I don't know. I don't necessarily know why the T-Wolves can do this, but if you got a third player involved, and I haven't looked at anything, I just something stuck out to me when the Kings got, got ran off the floor by the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone basically say, 
you need to start looking at the T-Wolves without Carl Anthony Towns because he did not play in that game, yeah. which seems crazy to me. I mean, they have their hybrid big three, whatever you want to call it, but that is a guy to where, you know, the Becky Hammond thing about Jalen Brunson being 1A, if you do think that, and I think Carl Anthony Towns has done a good job of taking the backseat to Anthony Edwards. Yeah. But if you do think, and I and kind of had no choice, the, right? Well, no, the T Wolves are rolling, yeah. so I don't know why they would do this. But if you did think that there was any push and pull there, you had a Carl Anthony Towns to New York. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, I think he's from that area right, too. I think right. he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Right. You get a Carl Anthony Towns out there with Brunson, and Brunson can be one A, but yeah. have a really strong one B. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Knicks are still. I guess to your point. The Knicks are dealing with Julius Randle. The the Knicks are basically dealing with their version of what the Kings have been dealing with with Harrison Barnes. You probably just need to upgrade at that specific position to really have that championship conversation. How you get it done, we don't know. Right, yeah, different tiers but same conversation where it's like Julius Randle, he's, he's really good. I mean, you look at his numbers at the end of the year and he's like, 22 points per game, 11 rebounds, even like five or six assists, hits some threes, does it all. But, I mean, every time I watch him, I just – I I kind of throw up a little bit. He's a little bit in that – if, like, him and Donovan Mitchell were on the same right. team, it would be a absolute must-not-watch for me. <laughs> Both of them just have a style of basketball that's – that I just – I it's very una, unappealing to me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I were the Knicks, I would, I would look to move on from Julius. I think he's a guy who – a lot of teams could convince themselves, like, you know, put this guy in our system and, and just look at those numbers. Um, I, I would look at there and, and see, yeah, because you can you can probably get a decent return for him. That could be something that puts them into, I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns, I, I think that's a, a decent switch. I don't know how the Timberwolves would feel about it, but that's the exact kind of move I think yeah. the Knicks are looking at. You got Nas Reed, though, so maybe you right? feel like, totally. hey, if we're gonna get a bunch back, right, yeah. if we're gonna get a bunch back for Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, we got Nas Reed. Yeah. And I don't know if you it would get be, Julius Randle. You too, get maybe. Julius Randle. Yeah. Maybe you look at it. Probably not gonna be this season just because the T Wolves are rolling. Right. But somebody like that, somebody in that mold that can take some of the scoring off of Jalen Brunson, but yeah. is just better than Julius Randle. Knicks fans would eviscerate Carl Anthony Towns, though. Yeah. For his song. I mean, New York basketball and then Tibbs as well, and then you got Almost the guy who's the complete opposite. You got the softness. You gotta go. De- you gotta you go got deep the, voice the yeah, whole time. Yeah, you got the voice thing. You got the fact he's not like playing like a real big. Especially yeah. you know they're used to the Charles Oakleys of the yeah. world and stuff. Carl Anthony Towns is not that guy. All right, we'll see. Right. I like. It. I like they, the fit though. They're not. They shouldn't be and done. He's Kentucky guy. They too. shouldn't be done. Yeah. They no, shouldn't absolutely be done. not. They definitely right. shouldn't be done. Got to get to a break when we get back talking Kings trades. Who is available? Who are you interested in? Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Trade Machine, coming out for the first time in 2024, but OG and Anobi will not be in the Trade Machine anymore. 
when it comes to the Sacramento R.I.P., Kings. R.I.P., dude. R.I.P. It was a, a good trade run. machine legend. Actually, yes. It's one yes, of the best yes. ones we've ever seen. Right. I mean, at how many teams <laughs> Every- was he linked with? The Warriors? Yep. I actually didn't see that much. I knew the Knicks were going to make a move, yep. but Came whenever, out of nowhere. I, whenever I saw OG, it was Warriors, Kings, right? I did not. I know everybody was interested in him. Sure. But I guess the Knicks are just always in the mix. The Lakers, right? Your your usual yeah. suspects. The, the Heat, another team. The Heat love to be a part of a trade oh, yeah. conversation. Just part of it. Every single year. So OG Ananobi has now been moved to New York. That is one of the two big Raptors pieces that we've been keeping an eye on. And look, Kings fans, I'm not coming down your road because everybody does it. But hopefully this is a reality check for you and these trades, okay? Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes or Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell, not going to get it done. Yeah. No, not gonna get it done. Not for the quality of player that that we keep bringing up. Even if you even if you bring in a pick, yeah. Even if you bring in a pick, no, no. Okay, trades are not supposed to be easy. No, very unless different. you're dealing with the Jazz or somebody, you're just gonna get finessed. All right. So now you have Pascal Siakam, where the deadline has passed. He is, as far as I know, a full blown rental. Yes. At this yeah, point, yeah, how much. that will affect his price tag. Knowing Masai, probably not much. Yep. Probably not by much. He, that sounds like a you. This is Masai Jerry. Yep. That sounds like a you problem. Yep. The price is the price. All right. So I don't think that the Kings are going to touch it. Mm-mm. You can't afford to. Not after that. I mean, not after no. seeing what the price for OG is. It's like well, we are not in a position where we can just magically, Mm-mm. you know, patchwork a Keegan Murray and Malik Monk. Yeah. Was, so it's done. Yeah. It's it's done as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know who, unless. How far do you think those Kings conversations got with OG? Because I think Keegan Biederman's right that it probably was just straight Keegan and Malik, and there's no like there's yeah. no way that was ever even cons- like that. That's just a laughable thing, right? It I went mean- so quick. Messiah Jerry thought it was a pocket dial. That's how quick <laughs> it went. Okay, who who are you who are you looking for? OG. Okay, well I need Keegan. Click. Hello. Yeah. yeah hello. I th- I call him back. Hey, I, I, th- I think we dropped. Yeah. You know, you're no, in a bad no, spot. No. no, 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 no. I just, I just, I heard, I heard what I you got said. one bar. I sorry. Yeah. I got one bar. No, I got five bars. Oh, no, that must be. No, 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 no. It can't be the case because you just hung. It's like, Sounds like you've been to several bars if you're making this call. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that, that's exactly right. And you're not getting back what you. No, that's insane. I mean, there's no. It's way. over There's now. no way Monty even entertained that. Do you think the price tag does change because of this whole rental situation with Pascal or is it yeah. not my problem? I your, think it has journey. to. Like, there's no way. I think I saw Mark Stein put. Uh, I I haven't read his actual Substack, so it was a a a uh, an aggregated tweet. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how 100 percent true it is, but I think I saw that Pascal pretty much has has told teams uh, he will not re-sign and he wants to really just be a free agent at the end of the day. So if if you're believing any of that or if any of that is even being, you know, remotely thrown out there when it comes to, you know, the behind the doors, behind behind closed doors conversations, I wouldn't want to touch it. I mean, there's there's just no reason. I mean, in, unless you just have an excess of of assets which no one really is just mm-hmm. lounging around the thunder. with. Thunder. Thunder, yeah, the Thunder are actually a team that really could do it. There's not many teams out there um, there's really no reason to to risk it all for Pascal, who, frankly, again, my question will be, 
King, let's let's say the Kings bring in Pascal Siakam for not Keegan Murray and Malik Monk. What does that do for your ceiling, really? And does that cap you off? I don't know. I, I'm not the the huge. I like OG as a player a lot, um, but I don't think he's a guy who you know you should risk everything because he's gonna he's gonna really change the trajectory of where you're going. Yeah, he is a really solid piece, but the problem was the price tag. And really, let's say, let's say that. Messiah isn't able to move Pascal. Let's say he walks in yeah. free agency, right? He better be thanking his lucky stars that the Knicks gave him what he gave him because yeah. that would be looking real bad Tough. if you only got one of those guys. Let's say just got R.J. Barrett and a yeah. pick or whatever. So, yeah, I think that this whole thing is over. I don't think that – I know the Kings aren't going to be in on Pascal. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, but – now we move forward, and if you're the Kings, I don't know what that does to the market because mm-hmm. that's one specific guy in the in the Raptors. I don't know how this affects going after a Caruso. I don't know how this affects right. going after a Levine. I'll go after Caruso, but you know, and Brendan during our during our roundtable last week had a couple different ideas and who was it for Caruso it was I can look at his article the yeah other day. which is out was, on sacktownsports.com if you want to check it out but yeah it was was that one Sasha I know he had one trade where he threw Sasha in there and or is Colby Jones too something here. like that Got so the article here he uh Brendan put out Kings acquire Alex Caruso Terry Taylor uh send off Kevin Herter Colby Jones in a top 10 protected first round pick I'd do it I would definitely think about it for sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think that this this team is really close to entering a, a different tier of things. And I mean, I think that Caruso being a defensive guy, but also just again, I, I describe him as just a winning player. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a dude who you know dives on the floor, will guard other teams' best defenders. If you leave him open, he'll hit a three one hundred percent. I. I would heavily consider it, especially if you just feel like that piece makes so much sense. A top 10 protected pick is is really not that bad. I mean, especially since the Kings plan to have playoff aspirations, ideally that pick will be in the 20s anyway. So I'd be okay with it. Pretty, I mean, if especially if you just kind of think of it as a Caruso for Herder swap, and yeah, I mean, you're getting rid of a first-round pick. I, I don't think that's that bad. As the games play on or play out, and this season gets a little bit deeper, and obviously the trade deadline is approaching. We are a little bit over a month away from the trade deadline, February 8th. Mm, interesting. Have Has <laughs> your thought process changed at all as far as what you think the Kings should do if your belief is that the Kings don't have a championship roster? Mm-hmm. Basically, are you leaning more towards them going for it Right. right. Or at this point, just seeing what happens in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still being a little bit conservative for this season. It still feels like we're in, I don't want to say a bit of an evaluation period, but it, it definitely is a, um, you know, no, I'll call it an evaluation period. It, it's definitely a, okay, we're good. What do we kind of need to go to a different level? And I think sometimes you do have to go through some ugly moments to kind of overall figure out, like, definitely that's that's a weak spot. So I don't think the Kings have to make a move. I think that they can take tiny steps to get closer to patching and becoming the team they want to become. But I just don't see with the names that are available right here, right now, It you know, the the Levine thing, like, he's, he's definitely a – 
a floor raiser for sure. He's a guy who, if the Kings do decide to bring him in, they're probably going to be a better team for it. But again, it becomes the risk reward of, okay, you're then paying this guy X amount of dollars. What does that do in terms of hamstringing you in other departments and, and things like that? So I still feel like the Kings would be better off just kind of making some fringe moves. And then maybe this offseason, you can take a bigger swing. Yeah. I actually was more in the camp of taking the swing now because only because I don't think the Nuggets are going to be a dynasty. That's no disrespect sure. to them. Yeah. And when you look at the other teams in the West, if you're a bit worried about them, they're getting older. Right. Right. The Warriors. I, I mean, we're, we're basically done talking about the Warriors here. Yeah. Lakers are going to have to make a move or we're done talking about the Lakers. Yep. The Suns are a complete mess. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And then on the other side, I think the Thunder are a year away. They're yeah. trying to prove they're that they're not. They're where we were not. last year. Exactly. So you have the Thunder, you have the Grizzlies basically a year no, off, right? And then you have the T-Wolves yeah. who I would I would put the T-Wolves right in the same conversation with the Kings as right. far as, hey, we're, we're both trying to prove some things here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was leaning more towards that side, but – the more I think about it, man, and we'll get into it over the break, this thing really is a marathon. Mm-hmm. We look at some of these other teams that don't have championships and have sustained success, and you ask the question whether their fan base has been happy. Like, if you were to ask a Sixers fan, mm-hmm. that process was a while ago. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, Ben. sometimes I forget about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Okay, he's not playing again, but even before then, right. Ben Simmons was part of the original process, and mm-hmm. they stunk before that. Right, and they don't have a championship. That one year with the Kawhi shot yep. was probably their best shot mm-hmm. to get it done. So there, there's t- look at the Celtics. Celtics went to the finals. Yeah, they, they have don't not, have nothing. No, Jason Tatum's got no ring. Anything with this with this regime, Brad they Stevens, had no t- ring. They had this is the same regime. Jason Tatum feels like he's been. How old is how old was Jason Tatum? He had Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Then he had scary, yeah, scary Terry, mm-hmm. right? And he had Kyrie. They've been through all of them. Yeah. All of them. Then they had the Brogdon situation. Marcus Smart is gone. By the way, Marcus Smart, I don't know what happened, yeah, but that man can't shoot. I don't know. That yeah. man can't shoot anymore. Uh, yeah. He's never been a great shooter, but he I can think he hit some yeah. knockdown threes. That was yeah. It was really bad. Dude, he was, was hitting really the bad. backboard, yeah. airballing it. It was terrible. So we get to it more after the break, but you look at this thing in sustained success, the idea of honestly pulling a Brock Purdy and going from mystery relevant to a Super Bowl, yeah. unless you have a roster and that can really help and you're just kind of ready to go, that's not where the Kings are at. So I think you just get to the playoffs, see what happens this season. Yeah. If nothing is just staring you in the face because you don't want to make a hasty decision that you end up regretting so I was in the camp of making a move but it's almost funny because the same reason to not make a move and the same reason to make a move are similar yeah right it's because you you got time you got you got time and it's open right now depends on how you look at it all right got to get to a break when we get back the Kings are heavy favorites tonight 16 and a half okay should they be that heavy a favorite against anyone and are you worried that they are this heavily favored. It's Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.